0: From SocialService.sg, I'm Jingyao. This is the Nine Days Podcast, covering the 2020 general election in Singapore. This series, which we have titled, What's Going On With Young Voters? We chat with young Singaporean voters on their perspectives as well as their constituency observations. This will be the second time 28-year-old Clinton Seoul will vote in Holland-Bukit-Tima GRC, which saw one of the fiercest oratorical competition between the People's Action Party and the Singapore Democratic Party in 2015. Today, we asked Clinton about how he has been following the election and his thoughts on G-2020 thus far. I spoke with him on July 4th. Maybe to start, and we ask this of everyone, um, tell us your full name, your age, and whether you are currently working or studying.
1: Hi, um, my name is Clinton. So that's Mm K-L-I-N-S-E-N. So uh, I'm 28 years old this year, uh, and I'm currently working full-time for multinational corporation. I do research on um, technology, business, and geopolitics for my company, Mm -hmm. and also do some business development uh, with uh, local startups. Got yep. you.
0: And because twenty eight, uh, we're quite similar in age. That means this is the second time you'll be voting, right?
1: Yes, this is the second time I'll be voting, uh, and I'll be voting in the Holland Bukit Timah uh, Group Representative Constituency.
0: Was it the same the last time round in twenty fifteen?
1: Yes. Uh, it hasn't really changed much. At least where I am, I think uh, there are only have only been a bit of changes on the fringes of the, mm-hmm. um, the GRC. But other than that, uh, I haven't moved. So, yep, still the same.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting because we did have a conversation before this and we knew you were going to vote in Holland Bukit Tima, and we were expecting it to be kind of like a rematch from 2015 between um, Chi Juan and Vivian Balakrishnan because they had the biggest fireworks, I mean, one of the biggest fireworks and we did see that in the debate as well. So, are you slightly disappointed that he's not running, that Chi is not running in um, your ward this time round?
1: Well, yes, because um, I mean, amongst all the S D B candidates, uh, I've only ever had like some sort of like a uh, contact time with him about like a two-minute conversation once after a rally. But uh, I can totally understand why he's chosen to run in Bukit mm-hmm. I mean, just as continuity from his uh, by-election, 2016 by-election uh, effort. And um, I I can, uh, as a voter of Holland Bukit like like there was this sense of like, um, um, it'd be a shame that, it's a shame that like, uh John and Paul Tampia like can't be in parliament. Like, they're they the most popular like SDP candidates, right? And, um, perhaps, um, fighting in holland Bukitima is, is odds that uh, they're a bit too heavy and weight against them. So, uh, so, fighting in an SMC, where they, as personalities, are really strong, could mm-hmm. work to their advantage and at least secure them the places in uh, parliament first. So I I I wish them I wish them all the best. And uh, yeah, like uh, I mean, it's re- Buki Banjang SMC is literally like <laughs> uh, like fifty meters away. <laughs> like I can just live vicariously through them. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah.
0: And and you mentioned just now you had a two minute conversation with Chi and was it in twenty fifteen after one of the rallies or was it twenty sixteen twenty fifteen? yeah What was the What was the brief conversation
1: about? Uh, I I don't recall the, the the specifics, but I must have asked something about like, how does he feel, uh, being able to run to run again, and like, where does he get his, en- his energy from, and and he he gave like very like vague you know vague political uh politically correct answers, mm-hmm. but the impression I got was that um, you know you know this this man is has just this infinite pool of energy and there's something that, that's really driving him and he is really convicted in his convicted in his beliefs. And that might be quite scary for some people, right? But mm-hmm. like for someone who is um might be looking for almost like a, a hero, a hero to glorify, like like that that's very attractive. And I think that's his um at least on the personality side of things, that's his strongest suit.
0: And was that the sense you also got when you were attending the rally? Because that you must have listened to him and his colleagues speak at a rally during that, uh, either during that rally or during the 2015 campaign.
1: Uh, he doesn't really change his tone or mm-hmm. like his style of presentation. So the, uh, I mean, the SDP with any other party is comprised of many different people and they bring many different ang- angles to it. So um, I think... Um, at the time, uh Dr. Paul Tangria was uh a bit more academic. He didn't have the you know the COVID angle for which to attack, so he was uh, focusing a bit more on like policy and education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh of course some I think some other members like um I, I can't recall if it was Brian Pui, but he was talking about um like Is it small Benjamin businesses. Pui? I think it's Benjamin Pui. 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 Oh, I can't remember. Oh my goodness, yeah. Like, I think so. <laughs> this is up. why we have, we have we have we have uh you know nine days to properly research these candidates properly, yeah. But um yeah, the rest of the campaign, the rally was, um, pretty much just bread and butter issues. Some not too different from what you see at uh, another opposition rally like mm-hmm. the Workers Party.
0: Yeah, and you didn't. We didn't quite get the matchup between Dr. Balakrishnan and she and Dr. Chi this time round. Um, but we did see them in the televised debate. So I was wondering um, what you thought of that that debate, and in particular the exchanges during that debate.
1: Oh, I so unfortunately I didn't watch the debate in its entirety because I was busy that night. But from the the, the gist of of the articles that I've been reading, um, uh, Dr. Chi chose to at um, uh, attack uh, uh, dr Krishnan especially on the that 10 million ten million uh, population debacle. Mm-hmm. and um and uh, dr Krishna had to deny that uh, deny that uh, there was such a, a policy proposal go- going on and that was the the, the main highlight of the thing I, correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. whereas uh, uh on the other side of the table it was more of um, um you know uh, Worker's Party's uh, Jammer Je- steam talking about the principles of uh, denying the blank, che- the blank check and stuff like yeah. that. But but, uh, I, but uh, it seems quite kind of uh, ov- obvious that Dr. Chi would use that public platform to um, attack the PAP. Because 10 million is quite a scary thought, I think, for most people. Mm-hmm. Like a, a, quite a few of the problems that we've had. Um, involve like kind of like overcrowding and overpopulation for example like um, like I think in 2011 like transport the transport system not working well um, yeah. was one of the main issues that the PAP lost so much share and why isn't the transport system working well because like there's just too many passengers like.
0: yeah and in, in saying that what as a voter for yourself at the national level maybe what issues matter most to you or what a few, one or two issues that matter most to you at the national level when you are deciding whether you want to, how you want to cast your vote.
1: Okay, like I have quite a few issues on my plate and uh, most of which are not being addressed this election, as far as I know anyway. But um, uh, I think one would be uh, education. Um, So I I believe that we need to create a new metrics for uh, school success I think MOE has been introducing new policies like removing class positions and, or not having exams at a certain, at a certain grade, but I, I don't think that solves the fundamental issue of um, people wanting to have good grades as a means for educational advancement. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, I feel that um, we should remove that as a factor. As a factor. Uh, I think the SDP had a, had a proposal to change secondary school admissions based on geographical proximity which is what we do for primary schools anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I'm not sure how, how people would react, like whether that idea is easy to stomach. But um, it's pretty much in line with what a lot of developed countries are already doing, I guess. Like, um, uh, we we will need to prove that there will be detrimental effects to uh, student performance after that, but uh, that's really difficult to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and of course, like uh, our tertiary education uh, institutions, uh, like uh, our our polytechnics and universities. Once we control that demand for grades, right? Like if we can if we can lower it a bit, then I think the supply will will automatically match. Yeah, that's that's so that's education. Another thing is uh, housing, like uh, Personally, I've quest- always questioned the whole need for uh, HDB to be like the core asset of the citizen. Mm-hmm. So I- I'm very drawn to parties who are for reducing the cost of housing. I believe the Workers' Party and SDP are, 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 are tackling that as, a, as an issue. Mostly because, also because that the of the whole 99-year lease conversation right? yeah. and the fact that um, um, the cost of HDB now uh, relative to income is much higher than it was in the 80s. So for people like you and me, if you if you wanted to buy, buy HDB, we would have to put in kind of like um, a more more money, more of our assets and that kind of, and we have to, so the effects of depreciation uh, are much heavier on us, mm-hmm. uh, are much heavier on us. So, um, I, I actually had a, the the privilege of like sitting with the CEO of HDB once at the at the conference. Wait, hold on. Was and, it a and private and session she,
0: or was it like a public session? Uh,
1: it was a it was a public uh, okay. conference. Um, I think it was geopolit- I think it was the ICS. Um, it was some ICS forum. Sure. Yeah, but but she did she did give like very good explanations as to how the pricing of HDB comes about. It has to do with um, you know, um, it's a combination of land prices, um, material material prices, and then like benchmarking to the market. Yeah, which is a bit weird because like um, HDB we we're, we're controlling so much of the supply is to some de- definitely to some degree a price setter. Mm-hmm. Price price setter. So so yeah, um, I'm not really sure if um, we should continue to. Assume that um, that's the way to go, like the H that everyone needs to buy HDB flat to keep them grounded in Singapore. We ought to look a bit more at like uh, other alternatives to increase their stakes in the, the nation. Mm-hmm. Whether that's through that be through like promoting family, or to be promoting some sort of uh, other like financial asset um, that is more that has more growth prospects than HDB mm-hmm. because. It, for a house it only has a um, finite you know economic value throughout uh, throughout, its, throughout its lifetime uh, that, let's not talk about like valuation valuation because that's demand and supply but but if we want to be like truly productive then perhaps we should be putting um, our capital also else, uh, elsewhere la, and mm. not just all into the all into the houses yeah
0: so that's, education that's and housing are the national kind of issues you're interested in how have you been Following it, are you reading the manifestos? Are you following their platforms? And how are you keeping track of whether um the parties are speaking to these issues, education and housing, in precisely the way
1: you um explain? So I've been reading the manifestos of two opposition parties, um SDP because they're competing where I am. Yeah. And Workers Party because they are like the the benchmark for opposition parties, right? yeah so um i I read the workers party manifesto uh there's very little that I disagree with I think some of the, the numbers can be tweaked a bit like i uh, I personally believe that the minimum wage should be a bit higher and things, okay. and, and things like that yeah for for the SDP, uh, it, it's very strange because um they they've uh laser focused their social media with their four yes one no campaign mm-hmm. but if you go to their website they have uh, kind of like one page breakdowns based on um uh, sector, sector, or theme. So education, housing, uh, social issues, Malay issues. So it's, you have like this one-page breakdown. right? and further down, if you dig, if you dig further, they have like um, at least for, at least for uh, education and economy, they have like hundred-page policy yeah. papers, <laughs> which so... I'm still, which I'm still powering through. Yeah, <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm still powering through. But it's it's mostly through through through, through these things. Um, yeah. I think the, the, Last week uh, SDP did this Like Twitter uh, Q, uh, Ask me anything uh, Ask me anything thing And oh, okay. uh, I, I, I tweeted them A few questions um, Of course Not all Which could be Answered in full Because of the nature Of Twitter As yeah. we know and, But um, I was surprised At how quick The response, response was And so I'm at, at the very least I'm glad that They are Quite active In trying to engage People With their policies And not yeah. just You know tackling the typical bread and butter issues that uh, tend to dominate the conversation.
0: Yeah, and they had, they had a Reddit EMA as well, I think, around the yeah. same time also. I guess the final, like cycling all the way back, because we started with talking about <laughs> Holland Bukit So I guess my final two questions are, have you met any of the candidates who are contesting this time in your constituency and second um, at the... Level of your uh, municipality or constituency? What are the issues that that matter most to you?
1: Okay, so amongst all the candidates, um, all eight, of, all eight of them, I've only ever spoken to one, mm-hmm. which is Dr. Vivek Balakrishnan, because mm-hmm. he's a, he's the MP for my seat, and okay. also because um, he he does regular visits to uh, all the condominiums. I think he he gets invited to like my condominiums uh, Chinese New Year and. Uh, Mid Autumn Festival dinners, okay. and he his attendance is is pretty good. You know, I think in the last ten ten years or so, he's only been absent like once. Okay, uh, that's and pretty interesting. One. Yeah, and he he's really good at um you know, quickly striking up a conversation, getting to know, get, getting some information out of you, sharing a bit about himself, and and and, and things like that. Um, very charismatic, and um, I I can I can see why he's he's always chosen to you know say things on behalf of the party mm-hmm. because I can imagine like uh, um, someone less eloquent could, could make the delivery a lot worse gotcha so, yeah for Holland Bukit Thima, I don't have that many concerns I think for the Bukit Panjang part of as in the Bukit Panjang estate part of Holland Bukit Thima, there are some um, I, I don't know if this, com- this, this comes from the citizens or it's like a town council initiatives but it's mostly things like uh, infrastructure, like uh, covered walkways, more slopes, I think a bit more commun- community facilities. Um, it started with the a new CC that was built a couple of years ago with a swimming pool. And I think that they are working on a new polyclinic and uh, new hawker centres especially because there are a lot of uh, new BTOs on certain uh, uh, certain sites of Bukit Panjang. Mm-hmm. The rest of Holland Bukit Timah made out of uh, fairly affluent people. Yeah, who are not are not are not bothered about such things. So perhaps they might vote, um, you know, more to their principles or more to their networks. Mm-hmm. Who knows?
0: And that's it for this episode. Be sure to check out socialservice.sg for more content, and you can subscribe to our newsletter at tinyletter.com/socialservice.sg. That tinyletter.com slash social service SG thank you very much and see you soon